0: Let's do this! Hit record! Don't dead son? <laughs> Shit. Don't bullshit. Don't bullshit Bullshit. 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 Shit. <coughs> Fucking bullshit.
1: Bullshit. It's bullshit. I did not hit her. I did not. Oh, well, hi, Mark. Bullshit. Where would we be without our safe, familiar American Bullshit? the free, home of the brave, the American dream. All men are equal. Justice is blind. The press is free. Your vote
0: counts. Business is honest. The good guys win. The police are on your side. God is watching you. Your standard of living will never decline. And everything is gonna be just fine. Welcome
1: back to the Bullshit Filter, Ray Harris.
0: How's it going? Oh, it's alright. Uh, yeah.
1: You were on holidays well last here. week.
0: Yeah, oh, I had a great time. I had a great time. Sat around the pool, was drunk by 5 p.m. every day. I don't remember much after that, but it was good. I remember Where good Where did you stuff. go? Which pool? Uh, Where? What? Uh, we, we went to North Carolina, one of the hot spots of COVID, so that's how smart I am. But we were on the <laughs> beach. Uh, we were in Duck. We were in Duck, which is a little peninsula, the little sliver of land there. Right uh, next to the Atlantic Ocean. So we stayed away from everybody uh, and had a good time. So hopefully no COVID. Fingers crossed.
1: Wow. Yeah. Did you wear masks?
0: Um, No, because we were literally renting a house and in the backyard was a pool and we walked to the beach and we stayed away from everybody. And we didn't go shopping. We didn't go to any stores. We didn't do anything. We brought our own food. And it was right. one of the weirdest vacations. We literally stayed away from everybody.
1: Yeah, sounds like the perfect <laughs> vacation to me. <laughs> Except you had
0: family there, so I didn't, Oh, you know, family, no, you can't have that. everything, no. No, no. No, not like our vacations. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so uh, it's been a while since we've done a bullshit filter, folks. Uh, yeah. I think it was a month or so ago I did some interviews, maybe a little bit longer, when I was talking about the riots, etc., etc. You weren't, in, You right. weren't even part of that, so it's been a long time since no, you away. No, know I was...
0: Yes, I was actually out riding. That's why I couldn't be here. So. <laughs> yeah. I was out in uh, my mind. Right. Go yeah.
1: Ahead. Yeah. Um, but I wanted to. I, I, and, and it's one of the reasons I haven't done one for the last. Apart from the fact that I, I was on, I went away for a couple of weeks and you've been away, is um, so hard to know what to talk about. <laughs> There's just so right. much. There's so much bullshit going on at the moment. uh, It's hard to know where to focus the gun, but something inspired me. And uh, I've been having a conversation with my old friend, J. David Markham on and off on Facebook over the last Mm -hmm. year about the question of whether or not the United States of America is a failed state. Mm -hmm. Now, Uh, Of course As anyone who knows J. David Markham will know When I suggest that America's a failed state It's just perfect for for setting him right off He completely (laughs) Loses his shit Right right. (laughs) Just calls me an America hater I just hate America uh, Etc, etc, etc But I think it's a It's a a genuine uh, question I'm not just doing it Believe it or not to rile up David Markham it's uh, it's a genuine question. is the United States of America a failed state or is it just failing to live up to its potential? Right. How do we define a failed mm. state and why does it matter? Now, again I have to explain to everybody the reason I pay attention to what's happening in America is for well threefold really. Number one, I, I care about America. Like, I care about every mm-hmm. country. I care about Americans. I care about every country in the world. I, I don't want to see any people uh, anywhere in the world uh, suffer or be oppressed right. or, right. you know, have to live with violence or, or uh, poverty or economic hardship my vision for the world is one where everybody is safe. Everybody has food in their belly and a roof over their head and health care. And,
0: yeah.
1: you know, we really live up to the potential of the human race here in the uh, nearly the, the third decade of the 21st century. Right. Um, maybe we're already in the third. We're already in the third decade of the no, it's next year, really, the third decade was the end of the second day game secondly um, you know uh, uh, I worry about the effect that the United States being a failing state or a failed state is going to have on geopolitics on the rest of the Hmm. world we've had failed states before in human history but never before have they been sitting on three or four thousand active nuclear warheads (laughs) Uh, or had the largest military in history by a factor of a thousand, right. Scattered uh, straddling the world. straddling yeah. the globe, yeah, eight hundred bases. Yeah. <laughs> so the the you know the the, the worry and, and also so closely intertwined with the global economy. Um, yes. Britain was when it it, it collapsed and. Economically, uh, in the during World War Two, One and Two, you know, I was obviously a big player in the world economy, and had far-reaching effects on the global economy. But mm-hmm. America came in and bailed out the global right. economy, in part with the Marshall Plan, kept it afloat anyway for a little while until countries
0: could recover. Yeah, you're going to say it's to okay. Me? We got we got China now. So when America collapses, the well, yeah. uh, China will step in and... Well, will yeah. they? That's a whole other show. We'll
1: yeah. Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I, I I, think there's evidence that they're already trying to do that in a way. Um, good point. Yeah. We talked about that in our China episodes. And the third... So that's the second reason I'm interested in America's yep. state. And the third is that if America is, in fact, a failed or failing state... Uh, it's a warning sign for countries like mine that maybe we shouldn't follow the American model too closely. You know, right. in many ways, we do follow the United States, and there's certainly forces on the right politically in my country that uh, urge the people here to follow America in various ways privatization of public mm. assets and. Uh, you know, a reduction in our welfare system, a reduction in our healthcare. People are arguing for more liberal laws regarding gun ownership. Um, so there are there are issues like that going on here all the time, and we want to be paying attention to. Well, how's how's the American model playing out in right. in America?
0: Cautionary tale. Yeah,
1: that's my opening comments. Ray, do you have any yeah. any any opening comments? Ray Harris, well, Professor Ray
0: Harris. As we go through this, um, I'm, I'm going to make an argument that some people will agree with and some won't, is that the American people um, are... I think, at a certain rating versus the American government, as as we're going to go into. But in some ways, that doesn't matter, because I think that history has borne out, at least in the last 70 years, that the American government can make a string of really bad choices, and the American people will bitch about it. But as long as they're um, getting taken care of in a very basic way, they really won't do anything about it. We bitch every election. It only takes something like watching a black guy on a video literally have the life choked out of him for eight just over eight minutes on a video uh before so, you know something seriously erupts but um i think the american people uh are generally decent people but again it doesn't matter because they're not the ones running thing it's the government like you were saying uh, making bad decisions which affects the rest of the world and that's kind of what we're going to to go into tonight
1: yeah, look, whether or not America is a fail or failing state is in no way a reflection on the right. American people en masse. None of my mm-hmm. criticisms of America's political system or military or economic hegemony is a criticism on the average right. American. The average American is like the average person anywhere. I, yeah. f- I feel like they just want to really, at the end of the day, they want to live their lives, have some food in their belly, you know, get laid and um, have some fun and pursue their interests and etc. Maslow's hierarchy of needs, all that kind of stuff. Right,
0: right. But I just think that needs to be said, even though it's obvious, because of this heightened state. Everyone's so sensitive. Everybody's looking to be outraged about something, and so sometimes you have to be, you have to overstate things just to try to make it clear. But they'll probably, if they want to be angry or outraged, they'll find a way to do it anyway. But we're doing everything we can to. Just put it out there and be honest with people.
1: Markham posted something on Facebook the other day about China and the South China Sea. And we we have to stop. We have to stop Chinese expansionism. I said, how do you feel about American expansionism? And he just went off. And half of his people on his Facebook page going off at me. This isn't about, right. this is about China. Not about, you always have to blah, blah, blah. I'm like, hey, it's a simple question. I was just, I'm just wondering, like, how do you feel about it? Like, are you against right. expansionism for every country or is it just China? Like, just- how do you feel about Israeli expansionism? <laughs> like, I'm just wondering, well, you know, is this, Ooh, a, yeah. is this a anti-Chinese well, thing or just an anti-expansionism thing?
0: If, I, I have to ask, because I'm, I'm not an expert in this, but I think China is the second largest country in the world, or it's in the top four, or something like that. And if they do take a couple islands that are near their coast in the quote-unquote China Sea, not exactly the end of the world. Now, if we were to go and just invade Cuba and take over, that's, that's more of an issue. But when people get worked up about that, it's, I think it's a very selective anger that they have. Not that I'm an expert in China relations, you know that kind of stuff. But it's it's I find it strange that they get worked up about certain things.
1: Uh, the whole anti-China rhetoric coming out of the U.S., as we talked about when we did the China series yeah. uh, six months ago, whenever it was, it's just continuing to ramp up daily, um, which yeah. we you know, we predicted, and it's you know this is the new thing. It's now, happening. New Cold War. Yeah. yeah. Anywho. Let's focus on America, not China today. Now, the big question when you talk about failed states or failing states is to figure out what the definition of a failed state is and why does it matter? Well, I I talked a little bit about why it matters in terms of the U.S. before, but the whole Mm -hmm. idea of failed states, I mean, I, I think the concept of it... Goes back to guys like Max Weber, the early 20th century uh, German political sociologist. Yeah. Yeah. Sociologist, political theorist. Mm -hmm. Um, But in more recent times, it's become popular sort of since the 90s when some African countries started to collapse and get taken over by warlords lot of conversation in geopolitical diplomatic circles since then, talking about failed states and what can the international community do to mm. identify and prevent failed states or at least to help failed states recover from their failure. What, what should be the role of the international community? in terms of supporting those states uh, economically, militarily, with uh, health care requirements, etc. But the right. definition is all over the place. When you go looking for a definition yes. of a failed state, there's a lot of them. And <laughs> most of them are fairly American-centric in their view. Like they're yes. pointing the finger out at um, smaller developing countries really. So the fund for peace, which I mean, that's one of those names that I immediately uh (laughs) (laughs) tingles. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh really the fund for peace. (laughs) If I was ever gonna name a military organization whose intent (laughs) like a secret evil (laughs) doctor evil organization to take over the world, that's what I'd call it the fund for peace.
0: I looked up freedom dot com. That was taken. So yeah, I would go with fund <laughs> for peace uh, because it just uh, now technically this organization is about developing practical tools and approaches for reducing conflict. I think sure that sounds great. That just yeah. that's, that's a flower, you know, and behind the ear hugging a tree sounds awesome.
1: <laughs> yeah, the we'll fund see. for the fund yeah. for peace. Uh, well. Uh, yeah. Go
0: ahead. I was just going to say the fund for peace has four characteristics of a failed state. Um, I, I was going. I, I basically, I, I probably found the same thing you did, but I was going to read out the four and get your and get your reaction to those. Um, oh, are, are you gonna Yeah. Go ahead. Let's do yeah. that then. Okay. Yeah. So the first one is, according to Fund for Peace is uh, one of the characteristics of a failed state is the loss of control of its territory or of the monopoly of the legitimate use of force against its own people. And again, that goes back to, to Max Weber in 1919, who said that uh, one of the one of the ways that it, it, it becomes legitimate to use force against your people is by the even handed application of of the rule of law. Now, you could argue that Trump is doing the exact opposite of that. He's sending in federal troops into Portland and they're, they're kicking ass. But would you say that America has lost control of its territory or the monopoly of the, the legitimate use of force against its own people?
1: Mm. Yeah, that's a good question. And I mean, let's break that down a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. Let's take uh, Germany in the mid to late 30s. Right. Would you say, uh, you know, you're the world's leading expert on World War II, would you say that Germany, Nazi Germany, was a failed state?
0: Oh, well... So Hitler comes to power January 30th, 1933. The Reichstag fires soon after that. And after that, he declares martial law. So the people, by the end of the first year, lose basically all of their rights. So they haven't lost any territory. They have used the rule of law to to legitimize the use of force against their own people. So by this definition... It has not become a failed state. But when your people are literally slaves to the government, you could easily argue, what's the point of being in that country if it's, it's all being controlled by Berlin? So um, on a humanitarian level, it has failed because the people have lost so many rights in a very short amount of, amount of time, and the government is brutally cracking down on anyone that does not agree with them. In fact, the first concentration camps, which were political, were set up the first year of Hitler coming to power.
1: Right. So I, I think most of us uh, mm-hmm. would say that Hitler under Germany was a failure mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. as a state. By any like forget this definition by by any right yeah. any any average expectation of particularly of a highly sophisticated country like Germany yes. was at the time oh, yes. it had already produced the greatest scientists the greatest philosophers the greatest composers, uh, composers musicians mm-hmm. that the world had ever seen so it, it was at this. the pinnacle it went yes. from being the uh, the pinnacle. In many right. ways, yes, of human achievement, yes. yes. I mean, still very very militaristic and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff, well before Hitler, of course, as right. most European countries were, very aggressive and militaristic in, their, in various ways. But in terms of culturally, it, uh, it achieved the pinnacle of human achievement at the time. And, and to go from that to Nazi Germany uh, was a complete failure. I would say, yes. of, of the state. So even though technically the German government <laughs> right. had control of its territory and had the monopoly and was happy to use it of force, whether or not it was legitimate is debatable, uh, uh, <laughs> against right. the people, uh, to me is not was not really a determinant in whether or not Nazi Germany or <laughs> yes. Russia under Stalin was uh, a successful state. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think we can look at Russia under Stalin. Obviously, he had, after World War II, uh, had, well, before and after World War II, let's say that, had control or uh, monopoly of the force within the state, but mm-hmm. not exactly what I would define as a successful state right. by right. my measurements of what to expect. Again, Russia produced a lot of great... Artists, a lot of a uh, lot of great, and, and even afterwards, you know, uh, yeah. After oh, World yeah. War Two, you know, first man in space, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, leading mm-hmm. the way with the on the with the space race. Um, yeah. yeah, great, great literature, uh, great music, Shostakovich, Dostoevsky, uh, all of these names mm-hmm. that, that that ring down throughout history, um, Tolstoy, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, but um, was a failure. As yes. a state I think we can agree on that So this one about whether or not the, You have control of the state I mean, obviously If you lose control of the monopoly of force If you lose the monopoly of force And basically what that means is You have a bunch of um, militia Or warlords running around right. and, and, and the state is ineffective In dealing with it yeah. um, <laughs> Then... That's an indication. But I think even without that, you can quite easily have a failed state. But then let's look at what's happening in the U.S. at the moment, right? So Trump sent in uh, CBP and ICE, the Mm -hmm. the Customs and Border Patrol and the ICE agents, the the uh, DHS-controlled agents, into Portland and various other states now, I believe. Mm -hmm. And... Mm -hmm. So who has the monopoly on force in the state of Oregon, for example? Is it the state of Oregon or is it the federal government? Because obviously the the government of the state didn't want DHS's troops in there and have been trying to get them removed from the state. I see in the news this morning that there is an agreement that the DHS troops will withdraw from downtown Portland but they're staying close by in the state yeah. even though the state doesn't want them there. So has right. the state of Oregon lost control of, uh, or has it lost the monopoly of force within its borders vis-a-vis the federal government's unwanted
0: and some call illegal intervention? Right. Yeah, I'm not a constitutional authority, but I think obviously Trump was using the uh, the pro- the protests, riots, whatever you want to call them, to justify sending in, you know, if, if you will, trumping what the state wanted and sending those people in. I also read this morning that a lot of people who were, and I'm sure you've seen the reports, were picked up in vans by unidentified, you know, masks and armed men. They were taken away somewhere. And rumors have been getting out that they have been let, some of them have been let go if they promise not to protest anymore. That, I know, is a constitutional violation because it's the freedom of speech I have, the right to to gather, to assemble, to complain or whatever. So so this whole thing is dicey. Now, let's be honest for a second. These people are going to be let go. The feds are going to leave. And I know that there's currently an investigation into the activities of these federal authorities. I'm not holding my breath waiting for anybody to be fired, to be punished, to be put in jail for what's happened. It is probably not going to happen. And they're going to get away with it. And they were terrorists of a kind on their own. So, um, so. Obviously, the federal government can step in, but to answer your question, yes, Portland uh, has lost the ability to police its own streets because the federal government sent in their troops, and so you could say that they've lost their territory or the right to use legitimate force.
1: Mm, mm. Um, all right, what's what's question number two,
0: Ray? Okay, number two is the erosion of legitimate authority to make collective decisions. Hmm. It's a little tricky here.
1: Yeah. Well, let's let's talk about America's ability to handle COVID. Um, Yeah. The world's uh, reigning uh, economic superpower. Um, We had
0: 150,000 today, two hours ago. 150,000 deaths. Right.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, from where I sit, looking at how America has handled this, to me, uh, there was—it's a demonstration of a complete inability to right. make a well, collective decision as a nation to handle the biggest health crisis the world has seen in a century.
0: Right, but let, let's drill down into that a little bit. Let's split some hairs because th- this is America. This is not. Um, like Britain or whatever, you have the federal government and then you have states and you have the state government, you have state rights. All that stuff is explained and divided up in the constitution. Again, I am not an expert, but the point is you have a federal government and then you have each governor who has a decent amount of power about how to handle COVID in their state. But to get, getting back to what you just said, there's no difference between unwilling to do something about it versus Unable to do something about it because the results are the same. Trump is not addressing this. And we we don't have to go into why. But we, we, I mean, if you've watched Trump long enough, you can you can tell it's not fun. It's not sexy. It's not about him. It just doesn't. And, and I don't really think he has the ability to feel the pain of others. It's it's just. There's no jazz to it. He's not that excited about it, and it ruined his economy. And I think he had a 75% chance of being reelected because the economy was doing pretty well. But the point is, it's just not his thing. He's not going to do anything about it. So the state governors have to do something now. So I would argue that we have not lost the ability to act collectively. But if we are truly just unwilling to act uncollectively, then it's practically the same thing. Because the results are the same. So we haven't lost it, but we're not using it. So does it really matter? It, it just becomes an academic argument. He's not doing all that he could, because and he's the president. He's the one who could really make a difference.
1: And I want to be clear at this juncture that um, yeah. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not connecting the uh, whether the question of whether or not the United States is a failed state to the presidency of Absolutely. Donald Trump. Absolutely. That was just
0: an example, um, but I
1: agree. Uh, I want to be clear on that, because this yeah. is one of Markham's retorts was, "Well, a failed presidency does not a failed country make. And I'm like, well, yeah, yeah but the no. the fact that Trump got elected as president is mm-hmm. just one more indication that this, the, the country is failing <laughs> right. to do a reasonable job to run itself and protect its citizens in right. in no normal timeline. Yes. Should a guy like Donald Trump have even got within fucking yelling distance of being the president <laughs> right. of, well, of we the Well, he started country.
0: out as a joke. It just... Yes. He just hung in there and, yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. Like, you know, but, you being my co-host. Yeah.
0: Um, right, it, but but I just want I just want to say real quick when you use the term failing which I I, I, I think that's a, a good way to describe what we're trying to decipher here I I kind of interpret it as going in the wrong direction so I agree with you him getting elected is the wrong direction for this country the way we've been dealing with COVID or not. We're going in the wrong direction, so it's, it's not as we're, you know. And I know it sounds like we're splitting hairs, but there's a difference between failed state and heading mm. in the, the direction of becoming a failed state. Yeah, and the question
1: for me is, well, where in the journey is right. the United Are States? We? Now, some people exactly. like like a Markham, I think, would even object to the 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 idea that America is failing.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm.
1: But to me, it's quite obviously failing But uh, let's get to that Uh, I I want to get to the broader picture of this in a minute So the erosion of legitimate authority To make collective decisions What's What's the next
0: one? uh inability to provide public services and i'll just say for this one the answer to that is no we still have the ability to provide public services unless you're in one of those cities that you've been seeing on the news most nights where there's rioters and there's fire and there's violence and there's clashing between the protesters and police and i'm not judging any anybody i'm just stating who these people are those people have had their daily lives Ruined or disrupted. They've had services disrup- disrupted, but it's not all across the country. So, again, the answer is technically no, but there are s- places in this country where the answer is yes. So, again, we are kind of heading in that direction. We're just not there yet. That's my take on it. Well, what about something like healthcare, Ray? Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. How's oh, your country doing in, pro- in terms no. of providing healthcare to its uh, citizens?
0: Well, well, see again, we have to be cl- we have to be clear here. Um, Pre-Trump, pre-COVID, it wasn't all that great because because I've got stats that we can go into later. But the point is. Healthcare in this country is pretty bad unless you got money or unless you've got a job where you've got insurance and all that kind of stuff I myself do not have insurance I went to sign up for Obamacare with me and my two daughters It would have been $1,700 a month for the three of us And it would have been, it was like bottom, bottom tier, really shitty insurance I still would have had to have put out a lot of money So the point is, it's really bad in, the, in this country But the point that I'm not sure if you're trying to make, but to add on to that Because of COVID, a lot of hospitals, their ICUs, their, 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 their more intense wards, those are either full or getting full. And also, a lot of hospitals are suspending normal non-emergency services until this is over with, because you, if you go to a hospital, fuck, that's where the COVID is at. So COVID is affecting us in that way as well. It's taking an already shitty medical service and making it even worse.
1: Do you know how much we pay for health insurance?
0: Uh, do you mean like out of pocket?
1: Yeah. No, just um, what we pay a month. Like you said, 1700 Do you know what
0: oh, we pay? Oh, um, I just assumed you didn't pay unless you went to the doctor, and then it was under $5. But I have no idea. I literally have no idea.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, we don't pay anything, I mean, for health huh. insurance. That's, In that's, Australia, you have weird. basic health care provided. It comes out of your taxes, so you do pay. Right, right. It comes right. out of your taxes. But you don't pay anything that you see. It's you know there's just a big chunk of your money taken by the government for tax, and that covers right. healthcare amongst other things. If you go to a doctor, <clears throat> um, it varies. Some places don't charge you at all. They just it's called bulk billing. They just bill the government. Some places don't do bulk billing. They'll charge you uh, something like anywhere between I don't know fifty, sixty dollars uh, a visit to a doctor, depending on what you're doing. You can yeah. pay for private health insurance over and above that if you choose, oh, which right. gives you access to better hospitals, uh, supposedly better doctors. You know, you, you get access to private hospitals with less of a, a wait time and that sure. kind of stuff. And you, and that also, that private health insurance will often cover elective surgery, like if you want to get plastic surgery done, or I don't know something that's right. not. Urgent, well, you've had serious, surgery, right? Uh, on my dick, you know, to make it shorter. <laughs> yeah, I had to do that. It was just
0: you're killing uh, me here, too, Cam. Yeah, too cut difficult. It, cut it back. Too difficult, right? Yeah, right. i
1: often to <laughs> give you half. Um, couldn't, you couldn't but have to, you said no point. Got nothing to do with it. Uh, it's just a waste. Just be, just be, just, you know, my my, my I just the, the farm really? the farm animals on my property already scared. Um,
0: here he comes hide i don't know if i ever told you this story but when we were in europe heather took her mom to canada and and fell down hurt her finger they took her to a doctor and she was freaking about out about the cost and the doctor was like i don't know what the hell you're talking about she goes how am i going to pay you he goes i don't know i'm the doctor i don't handle that um i guess we could send you a bill um you could pay it or not pay it. What are we going to do? You're going back to your own. He literally did not care. He said, look, you're injured. I'm going to treat it. Leave us your information. Maybe we'll mail you a bill. Maybe we won't. I mean, it wasn't anything major. She jammed her finger pretty bad, but here we are as Americans completely freaking out about the idea of going to a doctor. When the doctor's attitude is like, look, let me treat you and get the fuck out of here. I've I've got more important things to do. It was, it was an eye-opening experience for Heather, her mom and the rest of the family that went with them. Right. Just the way it is.
1: Yeah. Uh, so, in terms of taxes and healthcare, just while we're on the topic, uh, so yeah. I've got a report from CNBC from 2017. The OECD average for what uh, people pay per annum uh, for uh, mm-hmm. in taxes is twelve thousand nine hundred and eleven USD. Right. Uh, That's the average in the OECD. The United States, on average, Americans pay 14,115 USD per capita, slightly above the OECD average. Australia, I think these are 2014 numbers. uh, Australians paid on average 17,146 USD per capita. Mm. So Australians pay a little bit more. What's that, uh, say, roughly maybe 20% more in tax than Americans? Right. 10% would be 14, 28, yeah, about 20% more. But it's coming Um, out of your taxes. That is our taxes.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's coming out of our pockets. (sniffs) Literally coming out of our pockets. Um, Australian did, taxes are coming out of your pockets. No, no, what? no. When, it, when oh, Americans so go to right now. when it, when Americans go to the doctor, we literally pay out of our pocket, whereas it comes out of your tax. And like you said, oh. they, they just take a chunk, and you don't see it. Or you just you just know it's there. Just real quick to add on to that, between fifty five percent and sixty two percent of bankruptcies in America every year are directly related to medical bills we could wow. do yeah so we could we could do a make a big hit on bankruptcies yeah. in this country which is middle class which is lower middle class if we had a better health care system
1: according to the OECD in 2016 Australia paid 9.6% of the nation's GDP on health care nearly 10% right. of our GDP goes to health care the united yeah. states paid over 17% of its GDP oh God, on healthcare yeah. per capita health spending in the US is over $9,000 in Australia it's under $5,000 so uh, yes we pay a little bit more on average in taxes and yes some of that goes towards healthcare but overall we spend nearly <laughs> uh-huh. half as a nation on healthcare than the United States spends and in doing so give the entire country you know, free healthcare yeah so, anyway, yeah. yeah, like that's in terms of public services, that's the kind of thing that I'm interested in. Uh, the United States is the world's number one or number two e- economy now, depending mm-hmm. on where right. it ranks with China this week, right. and yeah. uh, and has been the world's number one economic power for well, seventy years at least since the end of World War Two, yes. yeah. uh, and yet still today is unable. And by unable, you know, I include not, not willing to. Not willing to Un- means willing. unable to. Exactly. Yeah. Well, it's the same thing. If yes, they're not is. doing it, you're unable to do it, right? You're, right. I mean, you're una- you, 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 you would be able to do it if you gave a fuck, but the fact that <laughs> enough of your political leadership don't give a fuck means no. that you're unable to do it. The, the system that has created this political lack of will means that you're un and you're unable to get over that burden. I mean, Obama tried yes. to nudge it up a little bit. It's been rolled back to, to a certain extent by the Trump administration. Um and, and the same as like um I don't know, gun control. The inability mm-hmm. of the United States. You had Sandy Hook, mass murder of school children in school, yeah. uh, still did nothing about gun control, nothing meaningful about Gun control. Your, your death, as we, we we looked at this in our gun series, obviously your uh, your your death by gun per capita rate mm-hmm. is, right. is massive compared to other yeah. civilized, sophisticated, developed countries, and there's just a no no uh, political will to do anything about it. Right. Um, across the board. So again, to me, that's an inability to provide public services. A public service is not only healthcare, but the the uh, ability to not worry about get you know your kid getting shot by somebody uh, when they go to school on Monday morning.
0: Right. If I could just say one more thing about the uh, the medical the insurance because we were you know we went down that pretty deep, but I don't know if you remember this. I think it was about two years ago. Someone. It might've been one of the Koch brothers did a study. Um, I can't remember, but basically someone took um, Bernie Sanders' idea of, as far as making uh, Medicare, Medicaid, whichever one, you know, universal for everybody. They were showing that if you did something like that, if you had a single payer program, like somewhere like seven or 10 years down the road, you actually start saving money overall versus what you're spending now because a lot of people would be healthier. They would go to the doctors when, when something comes up, whereas Americans generally avoid that unless we've got enough money to go or whatever. And so you you would actually start to save money over time. It would cost a lot less than what we think it would but again that doesn't matter because what you said we we have been told that it's socialism socialism is not just wrong it's evil and we don't have the political will no one on the right is willing to step up and be the first person to go yeah i'll vote for that it's just not going to happen anytime soon even with something like covid uh when this Mm. first started coming out trump was attacking the obama plan so fuck i mean it's just not going to happen that's a failure that's a failure you
1: remember during our covid our early covid shows I talked about uh, whether or not Australia's attitude towards healthcare and our healthcare system versus America's attitude towards healthcare and your healthcare system would would play out in terms of our dealing with COVID. And I'm not sure that it did make a difference. I mean, Britain has a similar uh, healthcare system to ours, although I think it's got a lot more problems (laughs) than ours does. And obviously, they're... COVID outbreaks far worse than yes. ours. By the way, uh, why, have we talked about the Melbourne, what's happening in Victoria and Melbourne in Australia right you, now?
0: You told me part of your vacation got cut off because they did a shutdown on Melbourne because they had a small a small increase or <clears throat> some increase in cases.
1: Yeah. Have, did I tell you why?
0: No. No.
1: <laughs> so Australia pretty much shut down COVID by, I don't know, May. Right, we had, wow. we April, April, May. We had it was shut down. Very few new cases, very few deaths. Everything was locked mm-hmm. down, um, under control. Yeah, <clears throat> but then we had, we had some people coming in from overseas uh, that were going into hotel quarantine. That right. you know may or may not have been infected, but you know, mandatory two week hotel quarantine yeah. if you came back from overseas. <clears throat> Apparently, a security guard that was hired. Uh, in a no-tender, quick-we-need-security-guards-immediately situation in Melbourne (laughs) to guard one of the hotels where these people were in hotel quarantine, fucked one of the people he was supposed to be guarding in quarantine. That's not guarding. Go ahead. Go ahead. The person that he fucked had the virus, uh, gave it to him. He then went out for the next couple of weeks uh, going to parties, uh, hanging out yeah, just Seeing family up. Big family events Spread it And oh. we have a whole breakout now in Victoria Victoria ended up You know For the last couple of weeks Having more new cases per day Than it had back in March and April At the height of uh, of COVID uh, Because of this one guy And it's wow. a brand new strain That that wasn't the strain Ooh. That we had in March and April So it's coming from overseas Right. That then spread to New South Wales, and oh now God. it's just in the last couple of days spread to Queensland. A Couple of nineteen-year-old Christian girls sure. went to Melbourne, uh, came back Orgy. to Queensland, lied oh, right. to the border, lied to the border guards. We, we have border border patrol in uh, yeah. Queensland, New South Wales border. You have to show paperwork. All you have to do is have paperwork attached to your win- windows. Usually. Or your windscreen to say I have not been in a COVID hotspot in the last two weeks, right. and I'll just wave you through. They lied, uh, said they hadn't when they had. Came Jesus. back to Brisbane, started going to church, going to work uh, at Christian schools. Um, go, you know, going out, going to restaurants, and of you know, obviously spread it. Fucking, yeah. you know,
0: just dickheads, but, security guard, yeah. fucking, fucking somebody who's supposed just, to be protecting. Just beat it off. I'm, I mean, that that's insane. But but it's okay because, one, it's it's pretty much like the flu, and or, I've heard, it's a hoax. So, all good.
1: <laughs> the point good. is that, you know, uh, I don't know, uh, whether a healthcare system helped shut it down, or, you know, I think the big difference between between Australia's response and America's response is when the Australian government said, look, we've got the best scientists uh, who are telling us this is what we need to do. Um, Isolation, quarantine, lockdown, shut down the economy. Let's do this for a couple of months and we'll get beyond it. If we don't, it's going to overflood our medical system and that could have a whole series of ripple ripple through effects, which uh, could be really, really bad. It's not just the people... Who would die from COVID, but if our if it runs rampant and our entire yeah. medical system shuts down and our doctors and nurses start dying and our medical system shuts down, then you know, the amount of people Bad. who normally die from heart attacks or pneumonia or strokes or car accidents or whatever is going to also increase by a factor of X because our medical system is, is uh Yes. Um yes. so let's just do this and, and Australians went, yeah, okay it's a bit <laughs> like when we had the mass shooting in 1996 in Tasmania so, whoa, and our, that's again
0: it. then that's we it. had a conservative
1: yeah. right wing government as we do now yeah. federal government that I, I don't like I didn't like them then I don't like this government now I don't trust them I think they're a bunch of scumbags but mm-hmm. when they say hey Uh, (laughs) where they sit with the guns, hey, listen, you know, this mass shooting thing, that's bad. We went, yeah, Yeah. (laughs) we we should stop that. We all went, yeah, fair enough. And we did. With the the COVID (laughs) government, Scott Morrison, who's a douchebag, fundamentalist, happy clapper, Christian fucking nut job, don't trust him at an inch, but he stood there with our chief medical officer and said, you know, our chief medical officers (laughs) and scientists think we should shut the thing down. uh, And we all... We you all know, we went, yeah, all right. Yeah. yeah, okay. So
0: Sounds good. S, Let's do it. the S word that you used, was that scientist or celebrity? I couldn't remember. You said it kind of fast. Oh, my God. Yeah, the difference is Australians just go, uh, all right, well, listen, I don't like yeah. you, and normally
1: I wouldn't listen to anything your administration says, but you seem to be basing this on science and reason <laughs> and logic. Facts. So, yeah. Oh, facts. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. I mean, but yeah, there's he, some there's some whiny people on Facebook that are like, "Fuck the science and let you know, fuck these people," and this is all a conspiracy. There's the anti vaxxer kind of right. conspiracy all theory, over and all over again. But they're they're yeah. they're, a, they're a very 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 small minority that no one really pays attention to. Yeah. But Americans go like, "Fuck you! How dare That's you right. tell me what to do?" And My, uh, yeah, it's been a very different response.
0: Well, yeah. again, the what the Let's one I like is. Oh, no, go ahead. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, number four, number four the yes. inability to interact with other states as a full member of the international community. So, obviously,
1: uh, America completely fails on that one right now.
0: Well, you say that, but okay, look, just because Trump pulled us out of the World Health Organization, the Iran nuclear deal, the Paris Climate Accord, and he's also pulled out of a few models, but boom, boom. Again, it doesn't matter if we're unwilling or unable to be a part of the international community because the results are the same. We're unwilling, so we're unable, like you said a second ago, there's another one that we, I think we definitely fail.
1: Yeah, and keeps threatening to pull out of NATO, to pull out of the UN. Um, yeah. Obviously, international leaders—you know, presidents, prime ministers of countries around the world—think uh, and can and say on and off the record. Yes. that you know, right. They can't deal with America anymore. Angela Merkel is a classic example. It's a waste of time trying to engage with the United States. There, it's yeah. yeah. just a fucking disaster, right? So, yeah, like if we were going to score America on those four points, loss of control of its territory, I don't know, I'd give it a a 5 out of 10 for that, um, Mm -hmm. based on what's happening in places like Oregon and Chicago at the moment with Trump sending in federal troops. But outside of that, I I mean, okay, there were the 9-11 attacks. But they were uh, more or less a one-off, uh, one-off acts of terrorism. I think can be excused. But generally speaking, I'd say the U.S. has control of its territory. But the, then again, using the Nazi Germany or the Stalinist Russia examples, I don't think that's in in an advanced uh, right. a, in an advanced society. I don't think that's necessarily an early sign. It might be a late sign, certainly not an early sign. Of complete uh, 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 failure, erosion of legitimate authority to make collective decisions. I would give America probably a six or a seven out of ten on that, um, mm-hmm. because they're not making collective yeah. decisions—the big important ones. And yeah. also, let's let's look at you know the the collapse of the economy in the U.S. Um, yeah. Every ten years, the GFC, the dot com the you know bubble and collapse, the, the mm-hmm. savings and loan collapse under Reagan, um, and the the wealth transfer from you know the public treasury into the hands of the one percent that has been yeah. escalating in the last forty years, rapidly escalating, the ability of the legitimate authority to do something about that. And uh, yeah. you know, prevent the 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 flight of wealth from the people into the hands of the one percent is you know I think it's that's pretty dire. So I'm going to give America like a seven out of ten for that inability to provide public services, healthcare, control of guns, safety in the streets, that kind of stuff. Again, I'm going Hospitals. to give it probably a yeah. yeah. I said healthcare, yeah, six or yep. six or seven out of ten for that because I think that's a big deal for an advanced country. And yeah. the inability to interact with other states as a full member uh, right yeah. now, 9 out of 10, maybe even yeah. 10 out of 10 for that. So let's say 5, six, uh, five seven, 7, 10, uh, 14, tw- uh, 19, 29 out of 40 Not I good. would rate the United States. Yeah. Not a complete well- f- mark, but uh, it's on the high end.
0: Well, again, when you go back to we've been the world power for the last seven years, you think we'd be doing better. Uh, I just wanted to add one thing on because you mentioned the, uh, the economic collapse. And, and I, again, uh, we need to make this very clear. I'm not blaming Reagan. I'm not blame, blaming conservatives. I'm not blame, blaming uh, the Republicans. But back in uh, 1980, which is when I gained social awareness, the U.S. national debt was $9 billion. Today, it's $26 trillion. Dollars. The Cold War was over in 1992, but obviously we kept spending money on military and other things. And what do we have to show for that? The American people aren't any healthier. They're not any smarter. They're not any happier. They're certainly not any safer. So where did all that money go? And you can only imagine if you you extrapolate those numbers, where is our national debt going to be 20 years from now? I mean, there's just no check. It's just a, a giant party, no priorities, no morals. It's just... Living for today, ignore tomorrow, and it's that's you know why wasn't there a rainy day fund for a pandemic? Why is it? Well, the good news is we've got two trillion dollars set aside, and we're going to be able to pay the American people, and you'll be able to pay your rent and work from home. And if you can't work at all, you're still going to be able to pay your basic bills. Where's the where's the rainy day fund? Because there's been other epidemics, there's been other wars, there's been other natural disasters, there's been other. Um, terrorist attacks. Do we not think that we need a rainy day fund? But for whatever reason, no one's planning ahead because no one thinks about tomorrow. And I'm, I'm going to get off my soapbox now.
1: Mm. Uh, well, you know, that could lead into a whole discussion about modern monetary theory, but um, mm. let's leave that to later because I yeah. don't want to get distracted. Yeah. Yes. Um, so let's look at other... other uh, Ways of breaking down what a failed state looks like. Charles T. Call, um, mm-hmm. who is an associate professor, School of International Service at American University, and, and also wrote uh, this song, I think. Out uh, breaker one nine. This here's a rubber duck. You got a copy on me, Big Ben? Come on. Oh, yeah, out ten four, Big Ben, for sure, for sure. By golly, it's clean clear to Flagtown. Come on. Yeah, it's a big ten four there, Big Ben. Yeah, we definitely got the front door, good buddy. Mercy sakes alive, looks like we've got us a convoy. Uh, Charles C W McCall, Charles T Call, probably same yeah, same thing. Yeah, he has a slightly different framework that uh-huh. I read through. Um, he sort of focuses on three gaps that the state is unable to provide when it's in the process of failing. One okay. of those is capacity the ability of a state to deliver basic goods and services to its population, mm-hmm. security when it's unable to provide security to its population under the threat of armed groups. And the third is legitimacy, when a significant portion of its political elites and society reject the rules regulating power and the accumulation and distribution of wealth. Mm. (sighs) Yeah.
0: Now... Um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I was just going to... Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. After you. I was just going to say I'm going to do a, I'm going to do a a little bit of twist on that the one about not being able to, to provide security I'm going to lean on my wife's 5% blackness that uh, the DNA test told her that she had if you are black or not white in this country and the cops have been busting your ass and harassing you and occasionally killing your people for no good reason you could say that they're the terrorists and you're the one who's not being provided adequate security from the very forces that are there Supposedly, to protect you, so it's it's all in the eye of the beholder. I just wanted to mm. throw that out real quick. Mm. Mm. And she's very proud of being five percent black. So please yeah, when,
1: when, yeah, and I mean, I thought that five percent was just D'Angelo. <laughs>
0: That's so hurtful, but not yeah. long. She had, she keep. had no
1: percent black like five <laughs> years ago. <clears throat> and now she's up to five percent. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> 5% D'Angelo is just what it said on the test really. oh, D'Angelo DeAngelo.
0: anyway D'An- d- DNA that's what DNA stands for D'Angelo, D'Angelo. deep in Angelo oh no. i yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay I'm it was d- now it wasn't
1: DNA it was D apostrophe A, d <laughs> Angelo. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't want to miss <clears throat> fine.
1: Yeah. Anywho. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I read a, a recent article that talked about a recent YouGov survey run in the United States where 31% of Americans say they're interested in leaving the country if their candidate isn't right. elected in the upcoming November elections. Jesus. Hmm. It's hmm. ridiculous. I, again, well, ta- wait,
0: wait, wait, wait. Yeah.
1: You've talked about leaving the country in the last couple of years. You keep talking yeah. about moving to New Zealand,
0: right? No, well, but that's not about Trump. That's just the direction this country is headed in. I mean, just a general dissatisf- intense dissatisfaction with where we're at, right? Um, <clears throat> well,
1: like this this framework that Cole puts together. Mm-hmm. capacity security and legitimacy the legitimacy thing I f- think is interesting because one thing that I think is it's, it's possible to deny is uh, a general feeling in the United States it's been growing over the last 20 30 years where the when the Democrats are in power the Republicans think they're illegitimate um, right and you know they express that through you know constant constant uh, Trying to, you know, saying Obama was Kenyan, um, yes, and basically accusing him of being a communist or a Muslim or uh, you know, stopping bills from being passed and basically dirty, dirty football. uh, Right. When the Democrats are in power, when the Republicans are in power. Similar sort of thing from the Democrats. Like, they just don't feel the government's legitimate. They don't want to listen to anything it says. They don't want to, you know, abide by it. It's not like, right, like All right, well, you know, I would rather my party was in power, but uh, the, other, the other side needs to have a go. I think that's, yeah. that's a nice balance for democracy you know we get four to eight years you get four to eight years and uh, you know, it's, it's good yeah. that's democracy yeah. right, it, right. It's not, it doesn't seem to be like that in the United States at the moment it's like fuck you <laughs> whenever right. there's an election and people you know lose their fucking shit for the next four years and there's another election and then the, the other side loses their shit for the next 4 years or whatever it is right yeah well
0: what well, you and I we we've covered this before but again it's not just that i'm on one side of the political spectrum and the other and the other people win and so i'm i'm upset i'm disappointed no no because the other side i've been told is evil i have to i have to oppose them they won but i'm sure they cheated i'm sure they lied or whatever and they're going to try to sneak things You know, into law or whatever. And so it it literally is like a fight against good versus evil, except for both sides think that they're good. And we've started this and we started this episode with trying to come up with the standard definition of what is what is a solid definition of a failed state? Well, like you were just saying a second ago, when, when I was looking up information for this, the Republicans have considered America... A failing state because of stuff like allowing same-sex marriage, uh, the Obamacare, uh, more progressive policies. But at the same time, liberals consider this a failed state because of all the wars we've been in, um, and and what uh, some of the things that Trump has been doing with tax cuts for the rich, and and deregulating the um, when it comes to the environment. So everybody thinks they're the victim. Everybody thinks they're right. And everybody thinks the other side is evil. So when you have something like that, you're not going to have moderation. You're not going to have compromise or understanding or taking the long view. It does not exist in this country anymore, no matter what, on both sides.
1: And as we've talked about before, uh, and you hinted at earlier, I mean, the United mm-hmm. States has... The largest prison population per capita of any country oh, in the world.
0: Yes, Jesus.
1: I'm um, I now. Mean, some people will debate that and say, "Well, we don't have real numbers from China." And when that, and again, that's difficult to prove. Mm-hmm. But as far as we right. know, America is okay. Yeah. So maybe America is number two to China if that was still. proven to be correct. But still, yeah. again, for the for a country that has been yeah. an economic superpower and the only economic superpower for the last seventy mm-hmm. odd years. Um the systemic issues that have led to your very large prison population haven't been addressed. And guys right. like Joe Biden are part of that you know guys passed oh, yeah. the 1984 and the 1994 crime bills that mm-hmm. specifically targeted uh, minorities and the yes. behaviors of minorities. Um, so yeah, you know, so it's not, it's not a partisan thing, right? This is a systemic inability it, yes. to deal with that issue. And getting back to that last one, I said the legitimacy when a significant portion of its political elites and society reject the rules regulating power and the accumulation and distribution of wealth. Now, I talked about sort of political division, and that's obviously different from rejecting the law. Mm-hmm. Um, that said. There are countless examples, and I went through some of these in my psychopath book, of American elites basically breaking the law. If you look at um, large corporations and the the sort of rules that they break, the laws that they break in order to increase their power and wealth, Mm -hmm. because they know that if they get taken to court over it, they'll just pay a fine get slapped on the wrist won't admit guilt will negotiate a fine and we'll get out of you know get out of trouble
0: and that fine sounds big to the average american but that's like a percentage of their yearly profits it means nothing to them it was actually worth breaking the law and they'll do it again it's it's
1: it's factored in to their business model yes it's a business expense
0: yeah Yeah, going to to court next week but it's i've already saved some money so we're good
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, Jesus. I'm probably going to have to pay pay our lawyers. Our you know our uh, lawyers that are on retainer anyway. Yeah.
0: But, um.
1: Or our uh, in-house yeah. legal team and our external lawyers. Uh. We're probably going <laughs> to have to settle a fine for two hundred million dollars, <laughs> but we're going to make five yeah. billion. So, right, so
0: yeah, it's nothing. And then right? then my lawyer is going to take me out on his yacht. So all good. All good. <laughs> I. Um,
1: So, like, again, you could argue that, well, when they do that uh, and they, yes, they break the law, but they're doing it, you know, they're going to court. The justice system may not be punishing them much or in any meaningful way to stop that behavior continuing. Uh, You know, you look at some companies like Goldman Sachs and the number of fines Goldman Sachs have paid for breaking the law year in, year out they obviously yeah. don't give a fuck right so, so <laughs> even you could argue that the justice system is involved but is it really involved if you know these guys have corrupted the justice system yeah. to let them it's get away with emotions. it? no, no right. one goes to jail no one's life right. is impacted really in any way i got to go a stockholder- um,
0: I'm sorry, I was just going to say, if you're a stockholder of Goldman Sachs or whoever, you're really happy because the profits just go up and up and up. So you're happy, and that's all they care about is that the stockholders are happy. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt.
1: No, you're right. I just, I've, I've got a thing i got to get to, so I need to wrap this up. But yeah, I just wanted to uh, finish this episode, which is just the first in a number of episodes we'll probably do on this. I'm going to have some guests on and want to explore what this means in more detail. But um, I pulled out one of Chomsky's books, Failed States from 2006. Mm-hmm. So what's that, 14 years ago? He wrote, right. though the concept is recognised to be frustratingly imprecise, some of the primary characteristics of failed states can be identified. One is their inability or unwillingness to protect their citizens from violence and perhaps even destruction. Right. Another is their tendency to regard themselves as beyond the reach of domestic or international law and hence free to carry out aggression and violence. And if they have democratic forms, they suffer from a serious democratic deficit, deficient, deficit, debt de- fuck. Let me say that. <laughs> mm-hmm. They suffer from a serious democratic deficit that mm-hmm. deprives their formal democratic institutions of real substance. Wow. Among the hardest tasks that anyone can undertake, and one of the most important, is to honestly look in the mirror. If we allow ourselves to do so, we should have little difficulty in finding the characteristics of failed states right here at home. Um, Now, some of those things that he points out, regarding themselves as beyond the reach of domestic or international law, (laughs) we know that the United States refuses... And this is well pre-Trump, this was true during the right. Obama administration, during the George W. Bush administration, refuses to be part of the uh, International Criminal Court.
0: Oh yes. Oh yeah.
1: Um, and obviously we'll right uses its veto in the UNSC uh, mm-hmm. whenever anyone's targeting the US or its allies for its behavior. but you know refuses to participate in the International Criminal Court. and The Hague says no. No, sorry, fuck yeah. you. You don't get to, you <laughs> right. don't get to hold us accountable for the things that we do. I mean, allegedly. Okay, no, I'm just joking. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the democratic deficit deprives their real formal democratic institutions of real substance. I mean, I think again, Trump's election, and, and he wrote this in 2006, a long time before Trump was even yeah. uh, a real contender. Right. Ten years before Trump got elected. I mean, I think that is sufficient evidence that your democratic institutions are substantially broken. Compromised,
0: yes, yes.
1: Yeah. So anyway, uh, that's all the time I have for this week, folks. Uh, Look, again, I'm not trying to pick on America. Uh, We could do this on any country, but America is the global military superpower and economic superpower. And uh, as I said at the beginning, when America falls over... It's going to affect. It's, yes. it's going to, yeah, it's going to affect yeah. all of us um, yeah. in different ways. So it, it, it's an issue that is relevant and important for everyone in the world to pay attention to, for all of the reasons I said earlier, not just Americans, and I'm not trying to pick on America. Right. But uh, if, we, if we were... If we were recording this in, uh, I don't know, 65, 66 CE, and I was in Australia, I'd be talking about Rome. I'd be going, this Nero guy.
0: Really? What's (laughs) going on there? Yeah. Yeah. What's that fiddle? What's to say about Rome? Yeah. What the hell's going on? Yeah.
1: (laughs) Fiddle. What is a fiddle? Where was the fiddle (laughs) invented? Really? I don't <laughs> know. Somehow,
0: I don't think violins was it a harp? Were invented in We'll find out when we get to him. We'll find out yeah. when we get to him.
1: Yeah. Anywho, thank you, Ray <laughs> Thank you.